Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Jazz hands. <laughs> Jazz hands. Hello, everybody. We're back. Uh, another episode of Day After Show here, here in San Francisco after night one at the Warfield. Uh, Neil, how are you doing today? You're not in San Francisco, obviously, but still in Boston. Still in uh, Boston. Great day. Did not watch the show last night with everybody. I caught the the drive and I caught yeah. all of the drive because Look at that. It wasn't that all eight minutes. Uh, yeah, I caught all eight minutes and then I went to sleep. But wow. uh, yeah, man, caught the rest of the show today. Excited to, to talk about it. Jealous of the fact that you're in San Francisco. Like you're staying in a very nice hotel, I can see, with like the art behind you. I mean, look at this. It's a good pod backdrop. I mean, you got a heck of a backdrop. Actually, I should oh, yeah. it better. So, um, yeah, man, it was, it was a fun show last night. Looking forward to, uh, to Friday night meal tonight. Who's going to do the set list, uh, you know, which yep. is great. So I don't have to. You know, I'm not going to stay awake, he says. Uh, but we'll see you at 3 o'clock in the morning on time, uh, of course, as always. Sure. So before we get started, before we bring on our guest, and obviously before we talk about last night's show, quick word from our sponsor, who is Beekeepers Naturals. Powered by nature and obsessively tested, Beekeepers uses potent ingredients like propolis pollen and royal jelly and steers clear of added chemicals. In a day and age where we want to boost our immune system as much as possible, Beekeepers Naturals has many products from lozenges to gut health supplements to support us and tap into the magic of nature. Personally, I don't leave home without one of their propolis throat sprays, which has been saving my life going into my eighth show of, uh, of this tour so far. So use code STORMSOUND at 20% off your order at beekeepersnaturals.com. Get yours. Um, friend of the pod, Mark Comito, can vouch for the fact that uh, the propolis spray is great. Uh, he had some in Seattle. Anyway, uh, yes, we've got... Oh, you we've should, got wait, some, hold on. Hold yeah. on. You shared the throat spray? What doesn't go in your mouth? Well, you refused to share the throat spray with me. Remember? You were like, nope. And I was like, I don't remember fine. that. I, Let's bring well, Matt on. Hi, Matt. How are you? Uh, Hi, I'm great. Thanks. 
<laughs> Welcome to the pod. Uh, we're very excited to have you on today uh, to talk about last night's show. Uh, we are very excited uh, to see that the chat is already in fine form uh, once again. Uh, we, we have the Jesse is always curious, Neil, about why you're always wearing a sweatshirt. We've you know never funny? seen you in a T-shirt. Jesse always says that, yet you always wear a hoodie, too. And not he does always. not remark on your hoodie. I, I'm generally in a, a t-shirt uh, when I'm at home. Uh, we walked in the door like 10 minutes ago, so I haven't taken off my sweatshirt yet. Um, yeah, almost always bickering. <laughs> That's what we do. Always almost bickering? Who knows? Like pretty much always. All right, Matt, how are you doing? Uh, what did I'm you, great. How, how, how are you? Like, you know. Well, um, so I, I live in San Jose, and this was my fifth show all in California. Nice. Um, so uh, I saw a fish last week, and it was quite a different experience going to the Greek theater than coming to the Warfield. Right. And not waiting in line for an hour and a half or whatever it was at the Greek. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. I, I got a VIP last night um, and on the floor, and it's really worth it. I'm not paid to say that but it, it is actually a really really great deal uh <laughs> and so um you know and the people up front were were really kind i i had a, a really nice experience uh, i think i was like two people back so i don't yeah. know uh, i think that's that's pretty cool we have people noticing that you do have last night's poster already framed yes. uh behind you there that right. works quickly people he does not waste time I, uh, on I debate where and when to frame his posters. It's I up. bought a frame earlier this week, and uh, I was saying my wife approves of last year's poster, which is here. Mm-hmm. I don't think she will want me to keep this up in our bedroom, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a spot for it eventually. I love um, it. I was saying before that Zaz Corp uh, print is the best. It is yeah. so good. It's uh, so cool. I was hoping for another Zaz from this run. Didn't get it. That's okay. Maybe, maybe maybe for the fox in the fall. We'll see. We shall see. Well, you you know you kind of said so. You were you were right up front uh, last night on the floor, uh, yes. which is awesome. I I was kind of at the back of the floor uh, for most of the show. Ended up moving up front towards the end. Um, I thought the venue was great. You know, going into it, I heard like obviously there's the legendary reputation of the Warfield as a venue, but I heard coming in like it sucks. It's a shithole going to be no space uh you know it's really really hot like yeah it was a little it was a little schwitzy in there i think yeah. the seattle theater was hotter than the warfield uh quite personally and it, um, and it was probably the hottest day in san francisco this year yeah so you know and, and today too so uh I, yeah I, I was very comfortable i, I yeah I, I i was i was doing great and and the sound was amazing um it's really interesting the sound is great you know, it, it, everywhere I was in the venue, but it sounds so different under the balcony versus in front, which makes sense. But I would say that the sound underneath the balcony is still really, really good. It's good. What, what did you think? Like, was it was it too low? No, I just muffled? thought I just thought it was like it didn't sound muffled or mm-hmm. or that something was missing, whatever. But as soon as I stepped out from underneath the balcony, it was so much clearer. It's so like it, was, it wasn't pop. bad before. Like, it was still great. I could still hear everything that was happening. It was yeah. just on another level. Yeah. Um, very intense highs, right? Yes. So. Yes, we are getting mom on the pod tomorrow. She's coming on the pod tomorrow. Oh, awesome. 
Yes, to give the, the tour ending report. But yeah. uh, Neil, how was your uh, morning listen? What, what set the scene for us? Uh, well, before I set the scene, just want to say this was uh, the, the 30th anniversary return for Ryan's mother to, yes, you to are the right. Warfield. You were right. 30 years uh, ago, the last time my mom was at the Warfield was for Garcia and Grisman in 1993. Oh. So um, she saw Jerry. She has cred. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So just wanted to highlight that for everybody else. Uh, man, <laughs> I did fall asleep at Drive Happy Knows. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows. Uh, I announced it. Um, but yeah, went to bed early, caught the show this morning. Um, you know, we've been spoiled so far this tour. We've got free streams. That's amazing. Um, and then we also have boards before any normal person wakes up in the morning. They're called borfs. Yeah, borfs. Uh, but not today. Not today, the day that I really, really wanted to listen to this show. So I've been spending, I listened to roughly, you know, maybe two hours of music, but spent like another two and a half hours just trying to use the seek function on the (laughs) nugs on my phone. And that was super annoying, but yeah, did manage to listen to the show and, um, you know, not the Schwitzy Warfield Theater, but uh, it was annoying. It kind of sucked, but. (laughs) (laughs) So you you had your own, you had your own experience with it. Uh, I did have my own experience. Let's dive into this show. Let's start talking about it. Uh, we start off the first set. We've got Drive. We've got Jive 2. We've got Lead the Way. Um, you know, I think a great opening trio of songs. We talked about the last time they played Drive, um, you know, kind of the new role it's found itself in. And while it is great in this role, there will always be the shadow of its former jam vehicle status as recently as six weeks ago at the Cap. Um, so, you know, I hope this is not a permanent thing you know this is now four drives in a row i believe we had uh with no jam just a straight guitar solo so i'm hoping that this comes back you know like i i I need some drive jams uh in my life and i think it'll be very 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 exciting when that does happen yes can't play cap was the last jammed one Um, and then after that, Jive 2, always fun. Nice clav tweet action happening in there. Um, you know, happy to see this one back in regular rotation, of course, after being missing for long gaps last year. And then uh, Lead the Way, which it's back in regular rotation. I hope it's here to stay. Um, very, very happy to hear this one pop up again. Not crazy long, nothing crazy happening here, but I'm, I love this song, and I'm really happy that it's, uh, it's being played multiple times here. Uh, Matt, what did you think of these first yeah, three songs? Uh, like really high energy start to the show. Yeah. Um, and Jive 2 sounded really sweet to me. Like uh, it, it really reverberated through the theater, you know, when uh, everybody dropped out. Uh, Lead the Way seemed really short to me. Mm-hmm. And I guess most of the time when I've heard it. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to point out like, so I've seen the last San Francisco shows and then High Sierra. And the whole first set were songs that they hadn't played in any of those shows. Nice. So I think it seems like they did that on purpose, right? It's not, not an accident that the whole first set is new to the San Francisco crowd pretty much. Yeah. It was interesting to me too. There, there was a lot of chomping happening last night uh, at oh. certain times throughout the show, yeah. uh, like early on in the lead the way jam. Um, it was, there were a lot of people talking, um, you know, it could also be, I was, you know, I was further back. That's um, the thing. You, you can find a, happen, a louder but... spot in the yeah. Warfield where you it doesn't matter. People right. can't chomp. So yeah. that's, that's a good thing. So could have been better. But Neil, you got any thoughts on these first three? 
Uh, I mean, not much to say. And with you, it's exciting that, you know, lead the way gets a four show gap or five show gap, depending on how you count it. Um, but yeah, I mean, exciting stuff, short drive again, bummer. Um, yeah. Backgrounds do matter. I, I just redid my kitchen and I'm in my kitchen right now. And so there's, it's a blank canvas behind me. Um, so Anything there's, is there's possible. Nothing. It's a metaphor. I mean, there's, possible. there's an amazing view behind through that wall, right? Uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 God, no. I, I live nowhere special in Boston. Um, you'd see like, you know, just like a street and then my neighbor's house probably. Okay. So wow. yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, man, uh, there's not much to say, you know, yeah. Two, yay. Yeah. Uh, and then, so oh, and can then we talk that, about, oh yeah. Can we, I just want to say this Jive 2 helped me create uh, a GIF of Ryan actually oh. <laughs> in the act of collab tweeting. So I'll well, drop that on, my on Twitter. Thank you for getting that. Yeah, I'll right. drop that on Twitter later. It's good. There it is. Uh, all right, so after that, we get SOS, and we get Bob Don, and we get Pancakes to close the set. SOS, you know, so happy to hear this one. Always, every SOS is the best SOS since the last SOS until the next SOS. 15 minutes of pure joy, soaring guitar, and just amazing energy um you know this felt like the chompers were like oh like okay like you yeah. know i'm gonna not talk and i'm gonna dance uh and listen to this jam um so that was exciting bob don you know heavy heavy rock vibes as it's been lately um still without looking for the without especially in the first set you know i'm looking for the with sorry not not looking for the without looking for that with Looking for that Bob Don with. And then Pancakes, uh, we get a very, very nice jam in here. Um, you know, starts off kind of typical Pancakes fashion, very driving, very piano-led. Then they pivot into this beautiful, beautiful major key jam um, and then, like, close it out very nicely. But it was an amazing way to close out the first set. Great first kind of extended improv of the night. Uh, Matt, what were your thoughts on the second set, second half of the first set? Yeah, I wanted to listen to SOS this morning again, and I had trouble finding it on the app because <laughs> I kept bouncing Struggle. back and forth. Uh, my finger, so your fingers are too fat to use this whatever the slider. So uh, yeah, that that really was the standout to me was the SOS, and I did like pancakes a lot. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was anything more that I, I had noted. Mm -hmm. uh, I did, uh, yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, it was it was good good finish, and um, seemed like good timing for everything uh, for the first set. I mean, so Haps the to, to answer this question, any reason why they you don't put Dawn on the set list with SOS? Um, so same reason why uh, Satellite is not noted every time they play So Ready. Um, it is part of the song. It was tracked separately on the album, um, just because that's the way they did it. Um, the only time Dawn has been noted was when they played that section of the song separately from SOS, so which they did uh, in Tempe uh, 2022. So if that does ever happen again, then it will be noted separately. Otherwise, it's just SOS. I uh, hope that answers your question. Neil? Controversies abound. Uh, just like tackling these, these controversial topics. Uh, I'm with you, by the way. There's a lot of controversy around uh, the lgoose.net, uh, you know, set list. No, I cannot I just... rephrase my answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the controversy is just me giving you a hard time. But Probably. Um, 
Yeah, man. Uh, SOS. What can we say about SOS that hasn't already been said on this podcast? It crushes every time. Stoked that you guys got that. I love this set. If you look at this set as a whole, as far as first sets go, killer. Like, yeah. Absolutely killer first set. And uh, nothing makes the show more fun than an SOS right in the middle of your first set. Um, and then Bob Don Pancakes. I mean, come on. That's, you know, it, Bob Don, always good. Just like SOS, you're not going to get anything outside the box. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It is always going to be somewhat the same. Doesn't matter. Absolutely kills. And a pancakes to close a set is awesome. Just bangers. Yeah. Exactly. And Just w- bangers thing, all night. Yeah. And one thing I think, you know, people who are like, oh, not enough jams, whatever. I think one thing that we need to remember is that we have been spoiled as Goose fans that we are, you know, that the band has played so many like four and five songs, second, uh, first sets where they'll drop two 20 minute jams and, you know, be going type two all over the place and whatever. And really, there's nothing wrong with a really solid standard first set. And you still have a huge jam in this pancakes. Um, so, you know, when they're going to come out and they're going to play these amazing songs like this, like, I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, like, it's fun. And I always wonder, you know, what, what do they think the crowd wants? You know, because there's the hardcore jam fans and then there's the people, it's, it's their first show. Yeah. And, you know, they want to hear songs that they heard before in life. No, so. so so Matt, I, I just want to underscore what you just said, um, because I think we forget that sometimes on this podcast. They're most certainly not writing these set lists for us. That is a no, definitely not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. If they ever allowed part us. Of it. Yeah. Part of it's for you. <laughs> yeah, part of it. Um, I mean, the part that they feel like playing. Um, yeah. But if we were allowed to write set lists for this band, I think there would only be a scant few of us that would listen to them. You know, it would just be like two song sets and whatever. But in any case, they're, they're, they're writing this for the fans. If you're at the show, this is a killer set. You're having an amazing time. You're not going to, you know, mention it 30 years from now about first set at the Warfield first night. I saw this amazing jam, but does that have to be that way? I don't, right. I don't think it, it does. I agree. I agree. And now it's time uh, to talk about the set break. Uh, you know, what the vibes were like, what the bathroom was like. I will say, I will give credit to the efficiency of the Warfield bathroom. Not the nicest bathroom I've ever seen, um, but it was quick, uh, except for the fact that there was only one sink. Um, you know, like, p- people were moving through relatively quickly. Like, there wasn't a lineup up the stairs. But, you know, it, it was weird. I, I, I heard, like, two different guys like walk in uh, while I was in there. And as I was leaving being like, what only one sink? Like mm-hmm. it was, it was a, a hotly debated issue. Um, so yeah, it's definitely an, an old theater problem, right? They have all, the bathrooms not on the first floor at all. You have to go downstairs or upstairs and they didn't plan it very well. Right. Like a new theater would upstairs. There was a bathroom attendant. In the balcony, oh. I usually go upstairs because the line's shorter. Yeah, and there's a guy in there who I don't really think works for the theater. He's just always there, and he, <laughs> he's super cool. He plays. It's worth a trip today, tonight. He plays uh, like Frank Sinatra, and you know has you know mints, and you know gives you a towel and stuff like that, and works wow. for tips. And he's a he's an awesome dude. So uh, you know, and it's that's usually a, a better line. So check it out so be and, careful and, oh, go ahead i'm sorry i was gonna say like uh one thing in, in i i noticed at san francisco shows is that you can always get a drink pretty fast 
there's rarely any line. Yeah. Did you well, feel like that? Yeah, there, there were there were a good number of, of bars around the venue as well. And I noticed that there was like during the show, there there was no line at the bar at the back of the yeah. floor, like Peter's side. And I think there's also like there were a ton even in the room. So I don't think, you know, at some venues you're all concentrated on one or two bars where yeah. then there will end up being a huge line. But I think it was nicely spread out. Um, so there were no issues there. Yeah. Anything else on set break or shall we talk about the second set? Uh, what was Neil going to say? I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't oh, I was just going to say, be really careful about accepting mints from a stranger in San Francisco. <laughs> who's just like no. choosing to be, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's San Francisco. But uh, that sounds incredible. I have never seen a bathroom attendant at a goose show, uh, not even at Radio City, which it like looked like there should be a bathroom attendant there. I can't believe I'm talking during the segment on the podcast because I said <laughs> the segment should die. Uh, but here we are. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Did anybody get a report on the ladies' room? I didn't. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my mom said uh, my mom's report on the bathroom is that it was vile. That's, it was vile. <laughs> uh, there you go. So let's talk about the second set here. Uh, we open up with uh, Whip It into Animal um, and then Miss Dragonfly. I went, this, so this Whip It, it seemed like they walked on and Peter started playing the beginning of Animal. Um, and then they were like, oh, let's play Whip It. Like it wasn't on the set list. Uh, they, they audibled whip it to open the second set, which is just so weird. But this was the most engaged moment of the show so far, at least in terms of the crowd. Like people were singing along, people were into it. Um, and I mean, it's fun. It's like, you know, two, three minutes long. Like, okay. Well, so there was the happy birthday segment. Yes. Right before that. Of course. Um, Thank you. With a, with a pretty cool cake, candle contraption i don't know if you guys saw that i couldn't i what, what was interesting about it i couldn't it was it. like this uh weird candelabra thing that was rotating on top of the cake Ooh. with all candles on it and That's uh, fancy. it was pretty fancy and i was thinking maybe maybe she asked for whip it like maybe they said what do you want to hear or something and i don't know is that possible interesting i sam sam doesn't strike me as like a, 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 a deep head fan, but i don't know <laughs> Yeah, that feels like a troll, and she doesn't strike me as somebody who would, like, troll the band that she manages, but, like, I don't know. You never know. She might just, like, really dig Devo, and, like, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's... I mean, Mark Mothersbaugh is awesome. Yeah. He's absolutely awesome. You, you've got, but, you've got uh, a point yeah. there, Neil. So, but we should take a moment and just say, happy birthday, Sam King. Yes. Uh, you're incredible. Thank you yes. for everything that you do, because without you, we wouldn't have this podcast to talk about this band. That's true. Right? Yeah, without so, her, the, the band would probably be lost somewhere. Yeah, somebody, this reminds me of like, uh, sorry for the brief anecdote, but somebody once did like a thread on on Facebook, like if, if you were ever like stranded somewhere and you needed somebody to bail you out, which member of the band would you have come save you? And I was like, screw those guys. Sam King. I'll take, like, I'll take <laughs> yeah. Sam King or Martha. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know her, but I appreciate that they're coming back to California regularly for an East Coast band. That's pretty cool. So. Must be yeah, nice to have them play where you live. Yeah, exactly. Must be nice. <laughs> oh, that's right. Someday, oh, Ryan. Someday. Trevor isn't allowed in Canada. Is that right? I, I, there's, no, there's no truth to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, heard, I haven't heard, I heard that rumor. That. Well, anyway, after Whip It, uh, we get Animal, always fun, you know, solid, you know, version. Again, not going anywhere. Interesting. And then here's where the set starts getting interesting so they start missed i'm kind of like okay weird set list calls i guess they're going for the party show vibe 
And then, you know, after the song ends, when the jam usually starts, they just went into this kind of spacey zone. And usually when they do that, they'll do that for like 30 seconds and then just completely abandon the missed jam and start up a new song. So I figured that was happening. And then the space started expanding and things started happening. And, you know, immediately comes to mind, like, oh, here's the dragonfly vibe again. Like, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like D is a big proponent of, of the dragonfly vibes. Um, and it's a theme they touch on a lot and they have been a lot in the last year or so. Um, and so I was like, oh, like, you know, this is a really cool spacey jam, whatever, great vintage vibe. And then Peter plays the opening riff of dragonfly he's the first one to do it it was not on the set list but he's the first one to do it and i was like <gasps> like you know are they gonna do it like is this real life and so i'm waiting like you know whether whether it's gonna be like a peter t's dragonfly or they actually played it so i'm just waiting for rick to hit that to hit the riff um and you know because it, it, like the drummers were playing it trevor was kind of getting in there and then rick finally plays it mm -hmm. and I like, you know, I, I, was, I was very, very excited. This is, uh, you know, of course, a bit of a bust out here. 79 show gap last played at legend Valley last summer. Uh, I did not cry during dragonfly. I was just 75 show gap. Okay. 76 show gap. All right. All right. All right, Neil. Um, but <laughs> this is a really amazing spacey jam, um, that happens in between mist and dragonfly here. Uh, highly recommend listening to it more of that textural goose that we heard in the born from Eugene. Um, and a few other jams this tour, but Matt, tell me about what you were feeling during this uh, Miss Dragonfly. Like, so I, I love Miss. It's probably my top five song. I just love the the groove because it's so interesting and very different than um, a lot of their grooves. The syncopation, maybe, or something. And and uh, and I love the um, I, the segue was so seamless. Like I listened to it again today, and I really couldn't pick out when Dragonfly started that I, I just it just seemed like oh okay they're into it now and it's yeah. there um and i just have to say like dragonfly must be so exhausting like it, it was exhausting for me but for the drummers it must be like a huge energy wash or something because i guess they, they played redbird after we'll talk and, and it seems like they they definitely need a break <laughs> you know i don't know <laughs> i'm curious how they feel or if it's just kind of just a little bit of a speed up for them or if they're really having to having to cruise through it um but yeah it was it was so fun i really enjoyed that yeah the the to underscore your point uh, the drip drums were were in full effect towards the end of this set yeah and it was but crazy. we're not there yet we're, we're not, not there yet. about that yet but okay so we're not talking about that yet but we're talking about dragonfly and yes into the mist just melts into dragonfly it is so good and so as good. far as segways go that is pretty incredible stuff yeah. Um, and I listened to it like a few times, like Matt, I was trying to figure out really where it began because like you said, Ryan, they played this dragonfly theme all the time. There, there are two themes that kind of show up in goose jams really, really often. Yeah. It's dark horse and dragonfly. You can hear either almost every night. If you listen really, really close, you'd be like, Oh, that's like dragonfly. Um, but so you just don't know where it really begins. And it's just so beautifully done. And they couldn't have picked a better song to do it out of. Yeah. I mean. Unexpected too. Missed Dragonfly. Absolutely killer. Can't wait mm -hmm. to listen to this like a zillion times because I'm going to. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
We're, we're big proponents on this podcast of the finished mist, uh, especially one Jive Goose. Um, but this is a, a well, well worth the unfinished mist, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the best mists actually are unfinished. We do harp on the finished mist, but like, you get really good segues out of mist. That's true. You get really good segues into mist too, into into the mist, which we into like to say. into the mist. Yes, but yeah, I mean, killer, <laughs> absolutely killer. Yes. All right. Well, now now let's talk about the jam of the night, uh, in my opinion. Let's talk about this Redbird. Um, as you mentioned, Neil, this is a drum clinic. Uh, Spuds yes. and Jeff have been on an absolute tear, especially in the past couple of weeks. Uh, the second leg of tour has been all about the drums for me, um, especially like Jeff has been so present in the jamming and so present in the mix too, um, in a way that he has not been previously. And I talked about this a lot on our last episode, talking about the Eugene show, and it's come up a whole bunch of times. But this time it wasn't the dual drums lock the whole time. Jeff was doing some really amazing percussion stuff that was right at the forefront. And it felt like Rick was playing very percussively um, and really letting the two drummers lead the improv for a while on this mm. Redbird. So I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely incredible listening to them lock in like that once again, Matt, how did you feel about this? Yeah. I loved the, um, the quiet parts uh, in the jam of Redbird and uh they got into this like step down. It was like a four note step down yeah. jam. And it was like, doom, 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 you know, stepping down that way. And when they hit that last part, it was a bomb every time. It was like really vibrating the venue. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I really loved it. It was a, such a good baseline to solo over. Um, and I, I thought they, uh, they really held on to that for quite a while. I think, I mean, there's a good, good four or five minute segment there. Um, so yeah, it, it was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Also, um, if, if you watch the webcast is when the lights are saying goose is during at the jam. peak. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Peak. Yes. So, came to play. I do also, fun. sorry. Yeah. I uh, just want to say good, good point about cool guitar effects and Redbird. Rick was utilizing that kind of, uh, chirpy, uh, like, you know, whammy octave up, um, mm-hmm. at times, which gives, gives it that like, kind of like dissonant or kind of like a little bit of a manufactured feel to his tone, which worked really well with the, with how present the drums were, um, you know, that industrial kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, this Redbirds is very good. It's very good. Although it at points sounds like a creature's jam, which I thought interesting. Was, was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just like my short listens to it. But it did have that kind of creatures-y, like right on the edge of that klezmery vibe that they mm. get in creatures that I'm always talking about. But yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's pretty great. And, you know, Jeff played amazing. I think that big kind of bass sound probably was Jeff hitting the pad. Yes. <laughs> and then he was, so, uh, so he was all in that neighborhood. So he's hitting the pad and then he's also hitting the hell out of the cowbell. Uh-huh. And dude, Jeff on cowbell absolutely rules it's so yeah, good that makes sense because i was watching trevor and i was trying to see the note that was hit that was causing that and i couldn't see it so yeah it does make sense that it was that Jeff. sample <laughs> he's got that incredibly like low bass sound sample uh-huh. on that thing and uh percussively is not a word just want to correct ryan on that um <laughs> bless you ryan thank you my my allergies have started as soon as i entered california um it was like, hi, welcome to Pollen and all the th- spring things that your sinuses we had are going to hate. I mean, this is boring, but we had a ton of rain 
and now we're paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gross. Uh, anyway, I, I, I did. Sorry, Matt, just one more thing and then throw uh, it over to you, Matt. I did, yes, again, bent like rope. Jeff, thank you so much for pointing this out. The Trevor Peter gooey, gooey goodness early on was what did it for me. Yes, there was so much interplay happening between Rick and Peter and Trevor and Peter and Rick and Trevor. Like the three of them were just like feeding off each other, trading licks, but it was so smooth. It was, it was amazing. Um, it, it just there, there was so much great interplay in this Redbird too, not just one of them leading them through amazing improv so yes sorry matt uh yeah i was excited because can we call this the warbird has anybody already done that the, you can be the first to coin the term oh, yeah no it, maybe, it'll, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll stick oh gosh you've given twitter ideas the Here bird field <laughs> oh my god the warbird it, it's too good to like i gotta give you props so, like that's that's a hell of a name that's definitely I, that, some, that came to me right yeah. in the middle of the, the jam last night. I was like, okay, this might be legendary. So <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then, uh, not to step on it. So they go into the feedback part, which is, you know, kind of perfect for magic carpet. Right. Yes. Um, but when I, I, I feel like they should have played your ocean and then magic there. carpet. Yeah, I agree. Because, because that that was such a heater, the magic carpet, you know. So it was a great set ender, and then they played one more song, <laughs> you know. Yeah, this, this I mean, this this magic carpet ride was fun. Uh, the crowd was really getting into it. Yeah. Um, like, it was just it was it was a ton of fun. Um, you know, it was it was good coming out of that jam. Keep the energy high. People were into the cover. Uh, you know, rip and rock and roll, man. Uh, Rick was playing a lot of uh, like 16th notes during that jam. Mm-hmm. And I think he did it a couple times uh, during the night, even on the, the low E string, which I thought was really cool. But, you know, it's like a way to really um, take things up a level is when he speeds it up so fast. And then, you know, it just uh, goes back to more of a wailing guitar sound. It was uh, really cool. So I'm on record. I, I love Magic Carpet Ride. I don't care what anybody says. There are people on this podcast who hate the song and say, like, I've heard it a million times in my life. I, I, I totally... Okay, first I of all, there's, there's one very curmudgeonly person on this yeah. podcast who is not here right now and shall remain nameless. Yeah. Nobody will be able to guess who it is. Magic Carpet um, Ride is just such a killer song. I mean, it is. The, the lyrics are stupid, but that's okay. I mean, you know, it's a cover. It's, like, meant to be fun. And, I mean, it is what it is. I've told this anecdote before, but when I was like a kid, I grew up in Connecticut and we'd go see Max Creek a lot and they would cover this song from time to time. Blew the roof off the place. It's just great. It's a killer song. I mean, if they played it all the time, I'd probably get really, really sick of it. But if you throw this in like twice a tour. Well, it was no, but this was also the first one in 51 shows. Yeah. It's when was not, the last one? Uh, St. Louis. In October. I don't even remember. Uh, but yeah, it's killer. So much <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, awesome. and it's the coming back to the verse again at the end is really a cool moment when it's just like okay, it's going to get more and more discordant until suddenly they're just going to be, uh, you know, it feels like it comes out of nowhere when they when they kick right back into the verse. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun, and then felt like they had a bit of a debate on you know do we end the set now? Do we do another yeah. one? Whatever. 
Um, I think it would have served them well to do the encore break there and then play your ocean butter rum as the encore. Yeah, personally. exactly. <laughs> um, but so you're like the end of Badger Carpet Ride was when I kind of moved forward up to like that second tier uh, of the floor, Peter's side. Um, and as they went into your ocean, it was like, oh my God, the sound here is incredible. Just the way the vintage vibe sounded. Every note Trevor played was like vibrating through the floor underneath my feet. It was amazing. I absolutely adore your ocean. I, I, there are some people who don't like this song. Um, I don't understand that. Um, it, it's an incredible song. It's an amazing ballad. Um, you know, the solo rips, like it was a great power ballad last night. Um, but man, this was, this was great. Uh, I loved it. Great, great, great sound. And just, a lot, of, a lot of fun here. Um, Matt, what did you think of the Erosion? I, I liked it. I'm not that familiar with the song. I think I've heard it one time before on yeah. tape. That's probably it. <laughs> so so uh, it was pretty new to me, and I, I like the soaring. And I think, yeah, just in a different spot, it would have been would have been better. But, you know, and I and I was thinking, like, I guess they got to end the set here because they're probably running out of time. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, I just want to point out, this is a historic moment. This is the first time we've talked about your ocean on this podcast, and you have not called it your favorite second set landing pad. This is the first time. This is the first is. time ever. It still is my favorite but second this set. This is the first time pad. you haven't said that. And well, I just wanted it wasn't to point a that out. landing pad here. I know, I, but it's a historic moment. It wasn't a landing pad, it was a set closer. Is, this, is this that historic of a moment? I think it is. Uh, I felt the need to point it out. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Neil, Neil uh, felt it. <laughs> uh, I did feel it. Not a bad way to end the set. You know, that was an absolute heater of a set, a lot of heat. And then, you know, you just get a cool down right before encore. Not bad. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. And then Peter comes out for the encore. You know, there's going to be a sing along, he said. Um, and at that point, it's like, okay, like they're, they're going to play Butter Rum. We got one lyric from Spuds. One singular hey butter rum into the microphone. One. So for all those keeping track at home. Um, I do keep track of that, and that makes me sad. He should the be singing butter every butter rum and every love light. He should be singing. That's true. I agree with that. I think more, more spuds on love light. People for more spuds vocals on those specific songs. <laughs> yep. But it was fun. It was a fun butter rum. It went pretty quickly. Spuds. As soon as the jam started, Spuds kicked into that like drive, really driving four on the floor thing that he does. Um, and then Rick just went like, you know, guitar god for like five, six minutes, however long it was. Uh, Ten minutes, I, I don't know. Um, but it was hot. Uh, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, they closed out very, very nicely. It, yeah, I, I was noticing, like, I kept thinking, okay, they got to stop at 12 maybe. And, uh, and then they, they blew right through that. Not, not you know, not crazy long after that, but it, it's, it's, it did seem like, okay, they're, they're really not going to, like, cut this too short, which was cool. Um, and that was my first time seeing Butter Rum live, and uh, I liked the interaction with the crowd. It, and I don't know if you can hear that on a lot of the tapes, at least the, the, the call and response kind of thing. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. So, uh, you know, and, and the crowd seemed to love it for sure. I think I've gotten less jaded about Rum Encores recently you know i i am constantly the voice that says like just because you don't love the song doesn't mean you have to hate the jam yeah but a rum is always fun it is always a good song 
Is the song cheesy? Yeah. See, and you call yeah. me a fluffer. You've been, you fluff um, everything. I don't fluff everything, um, but I'm you just fluff saying. Life on the shelf at this point. Uh, we have not yet heard Life on the Shelf this tour. Maybe tonight's the night. <laughs> Maybe tonight. Fantasy Goose Players. Tonight's the night. They're knocking them off the list, man. Dragonfly was one of the last few. So you get Life on the Shelf. What else do we have left? Willie Tiger, <laughs> of course. If you get that tonight, I swear to God. Uh, uh, I hope I do. Uh, actually, Engborg. I hope you do too. Maybe uh, another Engborg. For maybe you, another though. Engborg. <laughs> but my streak will have ended. But yeah, so there's there's very few left, and maybe maybe you get the shelf tonight. But butter rum, not fluffing butter rum. But I'm just saying, like you don't have to immediately walk out of the venue when you hear butter rum, which I think there are some <laughs> people out there in our friend group that. that would say that. Yeah, that would say that. But yes. Uh, oh, Dark well, Horse, of course. Yes, and, and Turkish That's, I'd call that like a Character Zero song. And yeah. It jams more than Character Zero does. <laughs> no, but... what I'm saying is Character Zero is one of those songs where I walk out the venue as soon as it comes on and or, or to the bathroom or whatever. I, 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 I disagree. <laughs> I love that song. Okay. But this is not a fish podcast, of course. There actually is a fantastic fish podcast that started 10 minutes ago that everyone should go watch after this. But... Yep. Uh, we have one show left at the Warfield tonight. This is my last show of the run here. Uh, pretty incredible. My 16th show of 2023 so far. Uh, I'm incredibly lucky that I've been able to see so many. Um, and, you know, I'm very sad that I unfortunately have to miss um, the outdoor show um, tomorrow night in San Diego. I would, you know, after seeing them in all these indoor venues, I, w- I would love to uh, see an outdoor concert experience. I've only seen Goose outside, like, I think three or four times in my uh, now, like, 30-plus shows. Um, so I'm, I can't, I'm excited to see them outside more this summer, of course. Um, but being on couch tour tomorrow night is going to be weird. But we're not at tomorrow yet. We've got another show tonight. Matt, I hope to see you tonight yes, at the please, show. Yes, please, anybody say hi if you uh, run into me. Yeah. Hi, Matt. Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm just going to say the Warriors game is at five tonight. Yeah. In town. Oh. So we'll be ending before the show starts, uh, which would be interesting. You could you could go watch both if you want. <laughs> if if uh, you were so inclined, do, do you know what ticket going, prices are like for the Warriors game right now? They're about five hundred bucks for the worst. Okay, so there you go. That's that seems pretty reasonable. It's for for the cost of like two VIP tickets. Yeah, if you want to go to a bar or something and check it out, uh, it'll be an interesting crowd. All right. Oh man. Well, thank you for that, Matt. And Matt, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast today. All right, thank uh, you. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic show tonight, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Wait, yes. before we go, yes, just, Neil. Like, so I, you should do what I'm going to do, which is I'm going to immediately stop this podcast. Yep. And then I'm going to turn on HF Pod. Yes. Because they're recapping the tour. You should listen to Not, not this tour, of course. They're, they're recapping the Hollywood Bowl fish shows um, yes. from last week. They are our very good friends. Um, yes. All of them have been on this podcast at one point or another. Yes. Um, and it, just go to the Osiris YouTube channel. Um, you know, there are currently seven of you who are already there. Um, so, you know, just like switch over to HF Pod. They're going to talk for a while. Very captivating content. Uh, yeah, our good friends. They've um, been crushing it, crushing yes. it lately. Yes. This is, you know, this is this is peak peak HF pod. So peak you should go HF pod. Yeah, it's like seventy seven. It's uh, like it's like winter twenty twenty two goose, but HF pod right now. Yeah, okay? for those like of fall ninety seven of of HF pod. Like this is amazing stuff. They, we're, so we're, we're, a, we're a goose podcast here, Neil. We need to draw the goose parallels. Okay. Yeah, sure. 
Fine. Uh, but in any case, uh, yes, it is assumed that H of Pod is not going to talk about Goose, although RJ probably would if you gave him the chance. Oh, no. Uh, if you look, all come in the chat. Fish. Okay, actually, <laughs> if you all switch over to HF Pod, please say that Always Almost There sent you um, <laughs> and that they should talk about Goose. Um, Jonathan it's, it's Malone. The, oh, man. It's Amazing. the Almost Always There after show. Yes, exactly. No. The, the official no. Always Almost There after show. I'm, nev- I'm not saying that. I don't We're all going to go raid their chat. Is that, what, is that how it works? I don't know. No. We'll be well, back here don't. tomorrow at 1230 Pacific, 330 Eastern to talk about tonight's uh, show at the Warfield. So please tune in. Uh, we're going to have our very good friends, Brendan and Becca, as well as my mother uh, on the podcast. So it's going to be a great episode. Do not miss it. Have yourselves a fantastic day, whether you are going to the show tonight or couch touring. Let us know your favorite parts of last night uh, or tonight or what you're hoping to hear. Uh, tag us on social media at AAT Goosepod. We will see you tomorrow. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.